Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Uh, we're passing these out. If you have a question about engagement, dating, whatever, or something that comes up during the sermon, write your question down, and at the end, we're hoping to have some time to kind of just answer a couple questions. Um, we're not experts, though. Not experts, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and that actually gets me into uh, just kind of welcoming you guys. Uh, for those that are a little new around these parts, my name's Dominic. That's my wife, Emily. Um, and we're really excited for the opportunity to speak together tonight. Um, but I just kind of want to give, uh, I, I want to be like the warning at the front of the, uh, like the disclaimer, you know, like when you put in like a DVD and it's like FBI warning, you know, like anyway, <laughs> not, not that gnarly, but more of just, um, I kind of want to give a, like a heads up and I really want to set the stage um, that our hearts really for tonight preparing this and praying for it is um, a, a couple fold. One, to share our story a little bit um, and to share our heart and what the Lord's put on it um, and then also to share um, kind of what we've learned from mentors, from time with the Lord, from just walking through it. Um, but we want you guys to just hear our hearts with it too, that like our process is not your process. <laughs> you know, like our journey is not your journey. Um, some people might never face some of the things that went into our engagement. Some people might face them in dating or marriage or what have you. Um, ours is less of, I think, like a, this is how everything's going to behave every time and more of hey, what's good here, glean from it, take it, make it your own, grow with it. Because um, we really do think that we had an opportunity to really learn. Um, and so we're really excited to share with you guys. Um, and like I said, please, if you have questions, write them out and we'll collect them at the end. Um, awesome. And with that, I'm just going to pray for us one more time. Uh, so dear Heavenly Father God, we just pray uh, that you show up. Um, we just really pray that you get just, just we reveal your heart tonight. Um, yeah, we just thank you, God. Be in our words and be in uh, tonight like you already are. And we just thank you, God. Amen. 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 Awesome. So I'm just going to tell you guys kind of a quick version of our story and where we came from and how we got here. Uh, it dawned on us like two weeks ago. We were sitting in the lobby and Brie was like, do you realize that Taylor Noble only knows you as Emily Groves? And I was like, that is so weird. Like I hadn't, there's like people that only know us together and not like apart versus like there's also a bunch of people in the room who like knew us long before we were together. So it was just like, it just was kind of funny to think that, that oh my gosh, people don't know me by my maiden name. That's so weird. But anyway, so Donic and I were friends for uh, probably like three years, I think, before we started dating. Um, we were like in like total like platonic friendship, like not even a card on the table, really. Like, you know, we kind of thought each other was cute. We were a little attracted to each other, but it wasn't like, you know, anything that was like, you know, like, man, like I got to date him, you know, or I got to date her. And uh, until, um, okay, so we started like at the beginning of 2015. What year are we in? 18, 16, 2016. So we've been together for about two years now. Um, we were really good friends and we kind of just started talking uh, a lot one day. And we, I had kind of been like interested in him a little bit like for almost a year before we started dating. And it was more of this like, hey, he's cute. Like I date him, but it wasn't anything like super crazy. And uh, whereas him, it was just kind of like nothing. And then uh, good old, good friend right here, Taylor Jensen. Uh, was like, hey, you should think about dating Emily. And then Dominic went, oh my gosh, I have to marry her. <laughs> and, uh, pretty much, literally exact same conversation. 
uh, which obviously Dominic didn't move that fast. Um, praise God. But we kind of started chatting and, and uh, talking a little bit back and forth. And then um, it was kind of all of a sudden like, wow, we're talking a lot and we need to have a, have a conversation about what's, where we're going here. Uh, have that DTR, super important. And um, just kind of expressed our interest in each other and said, hey, like, we're interested in dating. We both had been single for a really long time. I was single for seven years before we started dating. Dominic was single for about five or six. Um, And so we went into this, like, hey, we haven't dated anybody in a long time. And so, like, we're going to, this is where we're at. We're both people that, like, we walked with the Lord. We knew what we wanted. We laid it all out on the table in the beginning. I said, this is who I am. Someday I'm going to go to the Congo. You can come with me or you cannot. And like, and Dominic stated his things like, I really want to be a dad. So someday we're going to have a ton of kids or we can, or you cannot. Like, this is who we are. And um, we're like, okay, we want to do this journey together. And, and we kind of, you know, we both had our own process of uh, really deciding to choose each other, which is something we're going to talk about. Um, and then we got engaged in December of 2016. So we dated for about nine months, not super long, but we really knew, like, we'd been friends for a long time. We really knew each other well. And, um, and then we got married in September of last year, so we've been married a little over five months. Um, so that's kind of, like, really short version for those of you who don't know. There's obviously all sorts of gaps and lots of journey and process in there. Um, But we wanted you to just kind of have a quick brief story for those of you who didn't know. Um, But tonight we really want to break it down into two things. When we were praying and talking about this, we felt like it kind of um, was broken into two different areas. The first is how you know. How you know that this is the other person. What does that kind of entail, the person you're going to spend your life with? How you know when it's time to get engaged? And then what to know. What to know about that engagement season. What are the things that we really found helpful with things that we had people told us, things that we wish people told us, and that we're all kind of a part of the process. Um, so, yeah. All right, I got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the first, thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, story going back to uh, the whole how you know. Um, you know, I, I knew pretty quickly, but I also knew I hadn't dated in a long time, and I didn't know how to flirt, you know. So, like, I walked up to her, and I was kind of like, please like me. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and she's like, I think I should marry you in a little bit. And I was like, yep. Um, anyway, that's story time. So, moving on. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how you know. You know, I, I think that when we have a, a sermon on essentially the engagement process, I think there's a lot of people, especially people that are single or are in dating relationships, it's like, but how do you know? And, you know, I think it's going to be different <laughs> for just about everyone, how you know. You know, I, I think one of the most common things is when you know, you know. And I, I think there's some truth to that. And I think for some people, they're like, what are you talking about? That's not how it was for me at all. Like, <laughs> um, but just some general things that are also, I think, some of the most important for how you know. Uh, they're the one or the one you want to be with, stuff like that. Um, I think one of the biggest components for me and what I want to talk about is just choice. You know, I think that... Uh, you know, Lauren Woods and Dr. Yard, they, they had an amazing story about, uh, or just message on singleness and how to embrace your singleness in that process. And I think part of that, um, she talked, Lauren talked about kind of being brainwashed by romantic comedies, you know, in like, in like Disney movies. And, and when I say not her specifically, but just kind of generally, like it, it warps the way we view relationship and commitment and uh, the sanctity of marriage and the covenant of marriage. And I think that... Um, it kind of distorts the idea of what romantic love is. You know, I, I think beyond the warm and fuzzies, beyond the highlight reel of marriage was what I'd call it. Like the highlight reel is like the wedding day, 
like sex, like kids, like future, like grandkids, like vacations, like the highlight reel of marriage that, you know, God willing does exist, um, kind of eclipses everything else when we think about marriage, if we're not like informed or examined about it, you know, and we lose the sight of one of the things at the core of it is choice. Um, you know, and with that, I think that some things that really go into it when we decide are, um, you know, like hearing from the Lord. You know, I, I think that we're in a prophetic culture, we're in a, a God-fearing culture, and I think a big part of that is really hearing from the Lord. You know, pray to him, spend time for him, even just ask him, hey, can I marry this person? Hey, is this a good idea? You know, take time. I think another really good thing that can inform choice is really godly mentorship. Spiritual mothers and fathers and even big brothers, big sisters, like these, these things are important, you know? I think even, even family or close friends. I don't think that you should get married based on peer pressure or public opinion. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that there is wisdom listening to the people that are closest in your life, how they see you around them and how they see you with them, you know? I'm not saying you need unanimous support, although it helps. Um, but I am saying it, it's a really important factor as part of the choosing process, I think, to do it wisely. Um, and at the end of the day, I think, you know, when just choice, just the act of will to choose. Going into engagement, like going into any kind of relationship, it's about intentionality and about choice. Uh, I think the difference with engagement is that there's a very real goal in sight of, hey, I want to enter into marriage. I want to enter into a lifetime covenant with you. I want to enter into something biblically God-ordained, praise Jesus, that says, hey, it's when two become one. And so if, if marriage is oneness with someone else here, I see engagement as like a merging lane, <laughs> when two are beginning to kind of become one. There are some very clear boundaries that are only for marriage, praise Jesus, but I think that also... Becoming one without all the benefits. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it's, it's really trying to consolidate your life, two into one. And I, and I think a big part of that is really wrapping your head around like, okay, can I choose this person? Can I choose him for life? You know, and I think that it's perfectly acceptable to doubt and process those questions and count the cost. But I think at the end of the day, one of the biggest things about entering into engagement and certainly marriage is, do I choose them? Do I choose them? And again, that choice is based on a place of hearing from the Lord, mentorship, counsel, and just where you're at, your own choices as well. It all blends together into like, what am I choosing to do here? Um, one of my favorite things, Heidi Baker actually said it. She talked about marriage and the essential quote was, how do, you, how do you have a good marriage? How do you have a lasting marriage? And Heidi said, you win in marriage when you don't give up. <laughs> if you don't give up, you win. And, and I think that that is so just amazing. And again, we're talking about engagement tonight, but again, engagement is the route leading up to marriage. And marriage is, hey, we don't quit. <laughs> marriage is a no exit proposition until death do us part. You know, and I think that part of that choice is understanding like, hey, once I'm in it, I'm in it to win it. And I win it by not giving up. And uh, yeah. Um, another part of it is really in, in that choice is counting the cost and is is realizing that you have to understand all that goes into marriage. And part of engagement is preparing yourself for what that is going to look like. And I love Ephesians talks about um, Ephesians 5, 21 to 33. And I'm not going to read it all because it's a lot. I'm kind of just going to summarize it. Um, but it talks about the wife submitting to their husband. Um, and the, the husband is the head 
of the house and of his wife is Christ as the head of the church. And so that says to me, like, men, are you willing to be the head of your household? Men, are you ready to lead your your wife to lead your fiance into this next step of life. Are you, um, and wives, are you willing to, are you ready to submit yourself? Are you ready to, um, serve them in the, in a way that sometimes like might mean that you don't always get your way. And men is the same thing. Like a, a wise man listens to his wife and to the counsel of his wife, as well as women honor their husbands and respect them. Um, it's, it talks about how that a man, um, representing Christ in the church. It talks about that um, a man lays down his life for his wife, just as Christ laid down his life for his church. And so are you willing to sacrifice that for her? Are you willing to to lay your life down in that way? Um, and really, it's a ch- you. each person really has to choose. They, it's You make your choice and they make their choice. And it has to be both people choosing in their own way, saying, I'm willing to commit everything to this. And the other person has to say, I'm willing to commit everything to this. And it takes everybody giving 100%, 100% of the time. And there's going to be times where it's a little bit hard and I might not be able to like feel like I can give my 100% for the day but that's but he's giving his 100% so he can carry me along until the day that I can do it again and then vice versa there's going to be days where he can't be capable of giving that 100 but I can and then you carry each other along together and it's like it's it's all of it it's not 50-50 it's 100-100 and really like we each have to get our own answer. And for me, like my process in getting my answer to marry Dom was different than Dom's process in getting his answer to marry me. Dom knew pretty much instantaneously, as we said earlier, he was like ready and he had made the decision to choose me before we even started dating. Like he was like, yep, that's it. I'm good. And I'm done. And I think he even like when we were dating, I think he even like Joel at one point asked him like, what would you do if this, if it didn't work out? And Dominic's like, I'm done. I made my choice. Like, that's it. I wouldn't date anybody else. Like, whoa, that's commitment. Like, you know, like, and, and praise the Lord, here we are. But like, that was like the commitment level he'd made. I didn't tell her that because can you imagine the pressure? Like, Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't know any of that until later. And that's actually kind of what my part of what I want to say right now with this is that um, like Dominic had made that commitment and that decision before we even like fully dove in, but he didn't necessarily tell me that because it was important that I made my decision on my own and chose that I was ready to marry him because like me and the Lord said we were good to go. And like for me, I knew like I took like almost eight months. We were in, we were dating for nine and it took me almost eight months to like hear the Lord say that like he was my husband. And I had wanted to to date I had wanted to marry him. That was a part of my journey. Like I knew that that was what I wanted, but I was real for me it was important that I heard an answer from the Lord. And I just, it was really, it was actually at Crux Camp in whatever year that was, a couple years ago. And, uh, and something had like just shifted. And I just, in worship, it was like towards the end, I look up at him and I just heard God say, you're going to leave a legacy with this man. And I was like, okay. And that was, and it was so simple and really still, it wasn't like this big, <laughs> it wasn't like this big thing. Like Dominic had like a really crazy encounter with the Lord for, and for me, it was just really simple, but I had already made the decision to choose Dominic before I heard the Lord confirm that. And I, and because it was my decision, like it wasn't the Lord making me do this. Like I had made this decision and God confirmed that for me. Um, and everybody's different. Like just because like I heard it one way and Dominic heard it another way, doesn't mean that that's how you guys all have to when it's your turn like everybody has a different process with that um and I think that what's really important too is like why I think choice is so important in the engagement process and especially in the marriage process is because there's going to be days where 
you're going to remember the word of the Lord, but you're also going to remember the conflict and like the weight of just your daily life, <laughs> you know, or like circumstances will come up. And I think at the end of the day, so much of love is an act of will. You know, an, an act of just, I am going to choose them, and I'm going to choose them tomorrow, and I'm going to choose them like six times today, like over and over and over again. You know, and I think one of the healthiest things about like how we started to view engagement is because when you're in the engagement season, it's really easy to view it as like, hey, we're at the dead sprint to the finish line of the wedding. And yes, that is totally like a good goal and like a <laughs> real thing. Like you feel like we're almost there. We can make it. Come on. Um, but also, like, even in the process of engagement, realizing, like, hey, this is us pacing ourselves for the marathon. That's, like, the real starting line is once we get married, you know? And, and I think that that choice, again, it really, I think, is going to help sustain from engagement on into marriage as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, too, I think some of the most beautiful and powerful point about the fact that you have to make the choice is that Jesus chose us. Like, Jesus was not forced to go to the cross. He did not, like, he had the free will to choose. I mean, at one point, he literally says, like, Lord, take this from me, but if not, your will be done. Like, Jesus made the choice to go to the cross. And, and so through, and everywhere throughout the Bible, it's about choice. Like, God made Adam and Eve, but he, like, he wanted Adam and Eve to choose him, and he wants us to choose him. So God doesn't force us to do anything. Everything, ultimately, a lot of what our Christianity has to do about choice. We're constantly presented with right and wrong, yes and no, and we have the ability to choose that. And that's one of the most like awesome and powerful things about about engagement and about marriage is, is making that decision. And also just kind of practically, like, are you fine? And going, like, yes, like the big emotional heart heart stuff, but also like, how do you know you're ready to get married? Are you financially ready? Can you afford it? If not, can you, <laughs> you know, have you like positioned your place in a self where that's it? Um, are you getting feedback from trusted people in your life? Do you have like, do your families and even like not every family, not every situation is going to be perfect. There's going to be times where God says this is it, but like, are, have you gotten feedback from trusted people? Kind of like what Dominic talked about earlier. Like, have you done life with the person that you're you're going to be engaged to? Have you done life with them? Have you gone through things with them? Have you talked about your future? Have you talked about things that align? Like what have you done to kind of also practically prepare yourself? All factors into like how that how do you know portion. Um, and then so we just kind of want to shift now in the what to know. And what, to, what are the things to know about engagement? And uh, I'm going to say this. And like, not everybody has this. Our engagement season was really difficult. Like, we faced a lot of challenges. And Thank I think, and, <laughs> and I think that everybody, every engagement has its own challenges. But like, nobody told us it was going to be hard. And I remember like walking up to Chris Bear one day, and we were like, "Dude, this is hard." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I know." And we're like, "What? What did you say anything? You know, like, what the heck, man? Well, thanks for the warning. You know, and uh, but and so." Like, poor Danielle, like, all leading up to her being engaged. I'm like, girl, it's so hard. She, she was in my wedding, too, so she heard it all, like, first, first. But, like, um, but it's also really fantastic. And I think that, like, I just didn't understand that it's such a growing season. I think of it like a diamond, like, forms under pressure. And your relationship is forming into this fantastic thing that's going to help make your marriage great. So there's all of this, like, shortened amount of time that the Lord really is preparing you. And it, and it takes you, like, when you get engaged, when you get engaged, you're, like, ready to shift from your dating life into your engagement life. But there has to be this season of, okay, now you're getting ready to be engaged and now you got to get ready to get married. And it's a shorter time than you're, you're dating usually. And so it means that there's this compressure to grow. And I can actually remember um, my 
when my best friend got engaged years ago, we were really young, and I just remember thinking, like, dude, this is, like, this is, they're so not ready. Like, this is not good. And they were engaged for almost a year and a half, actually, just because of their circumstances. And I can remember a little more than halfway in, she called me in tears because her husband was a Christian, but he wasn't, like, like actively walking out. And he called her one night and said, from here on out, I want us to make sure we pray together every night before we go to bed so that we set the standard for our marriage. And I was like so blown away because it proved to me that God, like they, I knew that like that was, they knew that that was what they were meant to do, but God got them ready in the process. And it's just all a part of that getting us ready to be there. Um, but okay. So what to know, what are some things to know about the engagement season? Uh, number one that we think we're the biggest, that we're like really huge advocates for is do premarital counseling. It's awesome. Or some version of it. Um, we did it with Pastors Tal and Dee uh, upstairs and it was great. Like we loved it. We loved um, the really like getting to know it because it like says here, here's all of these big topics. Now let's get down to the root of it all and talk about how you feel or like cause you to bring these things up and like really talk about it. And it's awesome because you get to know each other at a greater level than you even did before. And um, we did a lot of like questions and dialogue. We're both big talkers, surprise, surprise. And so we did a lot of like going back and forth on like, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Um, what are your feelings on this? What are your, all of those things that are so important and, and also a part of premarital counseling. Um, but it really really helps just really um, get you get you ready and prepare for that. So that's something we really personally highly recommend. Yeah. Okay. Point number two is get it all out on the table. So, <laughs> and hear my heart with this, like there is some prudence and there is some wisdom with guarding your heart. I think that that's absolutely true. Um, but I also think that if you're getting engaged, it means, hey, we're like about to get married and like it's time to like, if you haven't already, to lay it all on the table. Um, I think that in one way it's really good because you're really honoring your partner by saying, hey, here's all the stuff I didn't want you to see when I was trying to look like really pretty to you and now you can make an informed choice before you agree to marry me, right? <laughs> uh, but I think, I, I think that also, well, I mean, it's important. I felt like that a little bit. I was like, hey, here's some stuff that like will be a problem maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> No, not like bad. Not not like bad, but it's like, you know, and we all Taylor's have... And roommate comes in and says, here's what you really need to know about living with Dominic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's true, though. I mean, like, honestly, like, everyone everyone has weaknesses. Everyone has shortcomings. You know, I think in part of being in a relationship is really learning to cover one another. And I think that part of that is really, like, knowing what there is to cover, knowing what there is to expose, knowing what there is to really bring out. Um and why I think that's important, too, is, like, getting it all out is because it will sometimes lead you into some of the hardest, like, conflicts that you're going to have pre-marriage. Um, but why I think that's important is because it lets you know really, like, where you stand. It's not like you're trying to pick a fight. It's just saying, like, hey, these are some realities that are going on with me here. These are some realities going on with me. Okay, how do we, how do we navigate this? Um, and why I think it's important to just give a heads up of putting it all on the table is, like, I believe that engagement magnifies conflict in the same way that I think marriage kind of magnifies it a little more. And when I say that, I mean, when I'm just dating, right, like, let's say if I, like, flagrantly drop $200 on, like, a special edition of a movie I really liked, right? Like, I have the money, so I'm just going to do it. And we're dating, right? And it's like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna buy this, Right. As my girlfriend, she could be like, hey, that might have been a really dumb way to spend your money, but like, okay, you be you. I'm over here. Like, we're great. You have money for date night. We're cool, you know? <laughs> we're engaged. It becomes, 
where's that money coming from? Because pretty soon your money and my money is going to be our money, right? So that conflict all of a sudden would be like, oh, okay, I don't know if I would have spent that, but whatever. It becomes like a dialogue of like, hey, why did you, I mean, did you have money for that? Did you, like, what does your money look like, by the way? You know, stuff like that. And then marriage, like, we got the joint checking account, which is so great, but it's like, we itemize everything. It's like, hey, hey look, I bought this. Um, but anyway, that was a weird, that was like a concrete example to kind of explain, like, I think that sometimes conflict has the tendency to magnify as you go into these deeper levels of commitment because you are more intimately joined to them, which means what affects me is going to affect her, you know? And it's certainly when we're getting engaged and our lives begin to merge together, more and more what I do affects her because things are starting to become joined. And once we're married, like, yeah, like, I'm hit, she's hit. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> I get up, I pull her with me, or vice versa. Um, and so that's part of getting it out on the table is kind of realizing that, like, hey, this stuff will only magnify the further along it goes. Um, if you get out in front of it and you're able to have mature discussions about it and just navigate that, um, you kind of set yourself up more for success later in marriage. Um, and lastly with that, marriage has its own growing pains and its own processes and its own things that come up. You know, especially, like, when you're, not cohabitating. It's like there's a whole bunch of fun tricks in there too, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like you want to get out everything you can leading up to marriage because marriage has things all its all its own, you know? Um, so yeah, we recommend that. <laughs> yeah, and also like with what Dominic said, is actually our next point, number three, is financial planning and communication. This is so big because it actually like one of the statistics statistics is that uh, finance is one of, is like a really big leading uh, to divorce in the U.S. And so it's so important to really lay out where you are financially as well as where is your significant other is financially if you hadn't done that already when you were dating and really beginning to form a plan together. If there's debt, how is debt going to be tackled? Uh, how are we going to pay for our rent? What kind of money do you make? What kind of money do I make? How is that going to come together? Where are we saving? Are we going to have a house someday? Like all of these things are like really big and they take years to get there. And and so being able to really come together and begin to plan that. And that was actually a part of our premarital counseling where we had to sit down and create like a budget. And it was like, I had like, we're very different when it comes to finances, hence Dominic's laugh. And it was kind of this like sullen moment of realizing that it was something that we were really like bringing up, realizing that this would be an area for us that we're really going to have to discuss and understand that this is going to be a hard spot. And maybe some people, it's not a hard spot. And praise the Lord for you. I'm so thankful that that is not difficult for you to discuss. But for us, it's different because we operate differently. I'm like a budgeter. Let's have a plan for everything. And Dominic's like, let's go spend some fun money. Like, yeah. you know. Like, that flagrant then, movie <laughs> spending wasn't so hypothetical. <laughs> you know, so like, and it's great. Like, and there's nothing wrong with having like fun. <laughs> Things like that. But like having a plan because now it affects the other person. Um, point number four that on what to know is keep it pure. And I don't just even mean between the two of you. I mean, like, you have to train your mind and your heart and your eyes uh, to really see things differently when you're engaged because when you're married. Like, you shouldn't, like, one thing that actually the Lord convicted me of years before I had started dating Dominic was, uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. When I was at work, it was like a big thing for me to like check out the cute guys that came into work, okay? And one day the Lord convicted me and he said, When you're married, are you gonna be checking out all the cute guys that come into your work? And I was like, No. And God's like, Well then why don't you practice that now? Because you're gonna have to change that habit. And I was like, 
oh, okay. Or like, you know, turning your eyes when something sketchy comes on TV, turning the music station when something sketchy comes on. Like, does that honor your spouse? Would you feel comfortable watching or listening or talking about that with your spouse in the same room? And really beginning to honor them in that way, even when you're dating. If you haven't done that, I recommend it, but especially when you're engaged. Um, because like what, what happens with you really impacts the other person and you can't get away from it. You know, like if there's things in my heart that aren't, that I'm not honoring in a pure way, it's going to impact Dominic when we, um, when we get married, you know what I mean? So that's so big. And then also just, it gets harder. Like it gets harder. You are, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you're like, we're going to make this marriage marriage. And you like want to get there, but you have to like, keep it practical. Like don't stay out super late with each other in a room alone. Like, you know what I mean? Like be practical and helping to protect yourself. Um, the next point in that is um, number five is new, fi new family, new priorities. And the, it talks about um, it up back in Ephesians, um, Ephesians 31, it, it says it in Genesis, but it says, uh, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one flesh. And you're forming a new family, the two of you. And that really means learning to um, put the other person first above your parents and your siblings, which is hard because that's your whole life. They're like your immediate family and you now have a new immediate family and it's different. Dominic and I both come from really close families and that's been a huge transition for us learning how to, um, have healthy boundaries with our, each other's families so that we know to prioritize the other person, um, and balancing out two families even. Um, so really learning to honor that place and even an engagement beginning to prioritize that person, um, over, over your family, you know, it, and then it comes the Lord and your spouse and then your family. And, um, that's a process that impact practicing an engagement is so important because when you get married, it's a whole new level of, of that. Yeah, I just totally agree, you know, and it's not that family isn't just amazingly important, but it's that you're building something new, you know, because, like, you don't want to bring your kids into a world where, like, everything's all muddled, and it's like, who's the head of this household now? Is it, like, the father-in-law? Is it your dad? Is it you? Like, where, where are we at? Um, so, anyway, I just agree with that. I think it's so good. Uh, point number six is be selfless. Okay, so, like... Oh, yeah, it's right there. Be selfless. So I'm not great at this, you know? I, I think that everyone, like, okay, okay, she says I'm good. That's really exciting. But I think that, like, I feel like no one's perfect at this, right? No one, it's so hard to be 100% altruistic. I will just sacrifice my entire life, lay everything down for you on the reg. Um, but it's really humbling because, I mean, that's the goal. You know, I mean, going back to that Ephesians chapter, it's just like, look, the, the husband is the head of the household, and he has to represent like Jesus did, which is laying down his life for his bride. You know, and in the same way, it says the, the wife should honor her husband and submit to him. And why I think that's so crazy is because both require such a degree of selflessness, you know? It requires the bridegroom to say, I am going to be so selfless to the point of I will give up, I will lay down my life for you, <laughs> you know? And the... the the wife to say, hey, I will submit to that. I will honor that. I will, you know. And I think that for me, like engagement and marriage, it, it calls a higher degree of selflessness than I've ever experienced anywhere. Like I think that one of the things I always kind of was like cheeky and like saying when I started dating Emily was like, man, I used to think I was a great communicator. I used to think I was like the bee's knees. Like I had a degree in like literature and writing. Like I'm all about communications. Like throw me at words. It's going to be great. Yay. And I started dating her. I'm like, I used to think I was good at this. But like it's called me to be such a better communicator. 
be a better active listener, be a better verbal processor, you know, not be so stuck up here when we're trying to heart connect. You know, and in the same way with that, like being engaged and being married, it's called me to a higher level of selflessness that I'm like, I thought I was pretty okay at this, but there's a real demand for it, you know, and like in a really good way, you know, and it's really like humbling, like walking through like engagement and now the beginning of marriage and all, like realizing like, wow, it takes from both of us a degree of like putting the other one first, you know, and that can look really different in a lot of really different ways. Like to me, like she can put me first. Like I came home and there was like this amazingly fantastic dinner and I can't cook for crap. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like you are the most selfless, God-fearing, amazing wife in my whole life, you know? (laughs) And then like one day she'll come home and all the dishes are done. And she's like, oh my gosh, that is like my love language. You're so selfless, wading through all that soap and the dirty dishes and... Anyway, I'm just saying, like, like this looks practical, and it looks like, like it looks different than you might think, but it's like it requires selflessness even in these little details and how you divvy up time and resources and finances and just the day-to-day. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's so good. Yeah. Um, the next one, we're going to kind of wrap through these last couple ones quick because we're running out of time. But um, the last one is be vulnerable. How you are with each other now cultivates what your marriage is going to be like. And um, I think, like, I was reminded of James 5.16, and I have this as an amplified. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps and your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. And there's so much power in being vulnerable with each other and when you're dating something can upset you or bother you and you can kind of let it roll off your shoulders but when you're engaged and married it doesn't really work that way you're living and doing life day in and day out with somebody and and that is there and it's evident and so being able to say hey like this is how this makes me feel how this is this is how this impacts me really learning to to open up and be vulnerable and what the great part is is when we talked about at the beginning like that choice like is they've already chosen you, and you know that you chose them. So when you open up and be vulnerable, and like there's this kind of rough spot thing that I need to talk about right now, or whatever it might be, the the best part part is that when they choose you, like, hey, I'm with you for, through this. Like, I'm gonna help you with this, and I'm and I like love you and support you through that. Um, number eight, the next one is remember it's not about the day but the lifelong commitment. Sometimes people, and like social media is so much about like the wedding and the awesome part of the wedding. And it's great. It's so much fun and it's totally worth it. But it's about the commitment to each other. And there's so many times where it's really hard to forget that. And and just you get caught up in wedding planning and dealing with, you know, parents' opinions and people's opinions and all that goes into planning a wedding. And there were so many times that Dominic was like, just remember at the end of the day, we're going to be married and that's all that matters. And really remembering in the engagement process Um, which actually leads me to point number nine that engagement is the beginning of the marathon that is marriage don't just try to do the engagement sprint I think sometimes it's like let's sprint to the end and get to the finish line that's marriage but no marriage is actually the beginning and using engagement as a a way of beginning that marathon and beginning to prepare yourself and, and get yourself into the place of being ready to be married and the last point that we have did you want to jump in? I was just say it's like the warm up lap yeah And the last point that I said earlier is give it your all, 100-100. And, and when you're married, you've got to give it your all. But when you're engaged, you've got to give it your all. Marriage is, or engagement is such a season of preparing for marriage that if you don't practice it now. I remember when I was little, I used to dance, or in high school too. And our teachers always used to say, if you don't do it full out in practice, you're not going to do it full out in performance. And if you mark it now and you do these half 
moves now, you're not gonna go full out when you get to your performance. And engagement's the same way. If you have to do it, if you don't give it your all, when you get to marriage, you're not gonna be giving it your all. You're, you're not gonna have it all in. And this is so, and, and you have to. Like, you can't go into it, like, halfway. You have to give, <laughs> you have to give it, you have to give it your all. And, and the other person has to reciprocate that. And it's, it's the perfect time to practice and to practice running and like failing and then getting back up again and doing it again, because you get to get better at giving it your all. And, and we had most moments where we were like in engagement, learning that we didn't give it our all and we were being selfish or having moments where we're like, we're really trying to defend ourselves and worry about ourselves in this moment, not about like us in this moment. And and like learning to kind of like fall with that and say, okay, like let's go back to the drawing board. Let's give it our all again. And what's like the truth about this situation right now or what's, what are we doing to give it our all? And it really like helps to keep it in perspective. I mean, something that we actually just talked about recently is it's this process of learning to like that we're on the same team. Because I, for so long you're running and you're worried about your own team. And I'm like, you know, I've been worried about Team Emily my whole life. And now it's Team team Domily. <laughs> it's Team Emily and Dom together. And like, so my goal in a, in a debate, in an argument, or in anything isn't all about what I'm going to get out of it. It's about how are we going to do? What are we going to get out of it? And how are we going to win this thing together? And it might be me compromising. It might be Dominic compromising. It might be us meeting together and finding a way in the middle. But it's about each of us giving our all and not worrying about trying to like protect ourselves even because that's something that um when you when you've made that commitment or you're making that commitment you don't have to worry about protecting yourself or guarding yourself or like being worried about the one because you're worried about because that other person has the best in mind for you and wants the best for you um just as you want the best for them so it's really all about giving it your all and practicing that now yeah I love it and I, I just I so agree with that last point you know we can grow up just kind of being like oh it's team me it's team her um, but even for people that are ready to share, it could also be team my opinion or my preference or my way of looking at things. <laughs> you know, you, you might masquerade, but like it's really, that comes back to team Dom, you know, and it really needs to be team us, you know, and I think that that's just so powerful. And, um, you know, the last like just pro tip for marriage that like in the first, my first six month review of marriage, I think that the biggest thing that speaks so much to my heart is like if reconciliation is the first priority, you have the right priority. You know, I think that there's so many times with conflict, little things that become big things or things that just grow because you can't escape because it's your home, um, that if reconciliation is not your goal and your primary focus, like, you, you have the wrong goal. Yeah. <laughs> the goal needs to be reconciliation. And there's something about where the, like, in marriage, when the goal is reconciliation between both of you guys, um, it's so strong. You really feel the power of that covenant and just the Lord with you. Like, when reconciliation becomes the only goal... Um, it's just really powerful. Yeah, and I even just real quick too want to add into that that like when you position your heart in that way where you're saying, okay, I'm like my reconciliation is the goal, there's a shift in the argument. Like we've had like debates because it's true, we argue. <laughs> and we've had arguments where we both are going in and we're all about like trying to prove our point <laughs> and win. And uh, and then all of a sudden there's a moment where we like kind of like calm down and it shifts to but how can we resolve this and, and like maintain the connection with each other. And there's little, there's such a shift in how we both begin to handle it because we're like, okay, this isn't, our goal is not going to be about like beating the other person. It's going to be about doing it together and, re and that reconciliation goal. And like as we learn to navigate that in our relationship are the conversations or arguments that we have don't become as big of a deal or as hard when the goal is reconciliation and the goal is staying together and coming to a term together. 
I love it. Awesome, guys. So that's just kind of what we wanted to say, like a bird's eye overview of just some of the things we learned from the engagement season and that process and early marriage. Again, we're not experts. Again, your process might not look at ours, look like ours, um, but we just wanted to share like how you know, you know, and what goes into just really making a choice that you can stand by and what goes into that. Looking at the practicals, you know, looking at your counsel. Um, and then also just what to know, just some of those points. You know, we, those are just some of those things that really helped us, some of the things that we really learned, some of the things that we got counseled on. Um, and we were really excited just to share that with you. Um, and so now we have maybe like 10-ish minutes left or so, and we were hoping to just answer a couple questions. If you guys have some of those questions, um, if we can just maybe pass them to the end of the aisle, we can just scoop those up and then just grab a couple, if that's cool. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Did you guys get something from that? Is it okay? You guys were really quiet. So <laughs> Yeah, guys, can we give for them? That was awesome. Wasn't that good? Thanks. Such a good job, guys. Um, yeah, so with any questions that you have, uh, just go ahead and pass them on over. Got some here. Awesome. Do you guys want to wade through them and pick them out? Or here, I'll, you pick one, and then I'll read through the other ones and pick some okay, while good. you guys are talking, okay? Okay. You want to go, or you want me to go? You can go first. Okay, this one says, what do you think about online dating? You know, I think that this has, this has a real stigma, you know, but I also have heard really amazing stories from it. I think for me, this goes back to like, hey, our road might not be your road. I think the bigger things are like, just kind of like seeing where you're at. You know, I think that if you're, I think if online dating is the first choice because it's easier or because you feel hopeless, um, I think that that's not the best way to go to online dating. You know, if it's because you feel whole as a person and you're just ready to find someone and for whatever reason you're not clicking with the people around, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, but just, again, go in guarding your heart. But I, I don't think that it's a bad route. I know people that they're, like, almost ashamed that they met online dating, but now they have, like, a beautiful family and beautiful kids and they're, like, amazing. And I've heard several stories like that, too. Um, so I don't want to, like, poo-poo online dating. I would just say... I would just say really like examine your heart going into it. You know, don't cling to it as like some kind of weird refuge or like your last holdout or like whatever. You know what I mean? Like be a whole person. Like like and if you're not, like I'd recommend like again going back to Lauren and Yar's message like finding your purpose in the Lord, being whole and then letting that add to it. Yeah. But not letting it be like the last resort all hope is in it kind of thing because I think that could be dangerous. But, I agree. Yeah. And I would also just add to be careful. Like I think like for me I have heard great stories about it. One of my best friends is married to somebody um, who she met online, but they dated for a really long time before they got married. Um, but I've also heard of people like and it not going well and bad things happening. So I think that with that, it's really like guarding your heart, like Dominic said, and then also like using good judgment and use and judging their character and like, and like, or not, I don't know if that's the right way to put that, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like using your wisdom and discernment and saying, is this like in being safe and, it would be my addition to that. Yeah, I think that just a level of security, like if you date someone that you've known for a while or even a, a blind date where someone sets you up, it's like people that mutually know people. With online dating, it's, it's really going in blind. So, I mean, just, you know, having the added care with that in mind, you know, stranger danger and all that. So, anyway. Stranger danger. Awesome. Okay, guys, so we have a, like nine minutes, ten minutes or so, and so I'll try to get as many of these as we can. But uh, we might not get all of them, so feel free to come up afterwards with any other questions, okay? So this one is kind of a couple questions here. Um, first one, is that you in the graphic? Yes. Yes, that right. is. Sorry, cool. that's me. That's a nice ring. <laughs> Last night, Dominic job, was like dude. talking about the graphic, and I was like, can you use this picture? Use that's beautiful. Sorry. Oh, not the utter picture, no. <laughs> oh, 
I think it's And now true. that beautiful photo. And now no one will ever see it anyway. Looks like a cow's ever udder. Again. Thank you. Thank you, Dominic, for that visual there. Thank it's you. one of my favorites. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, this one. Okay, you, you touched on this earlier, so this sounds more like asking for maybe expanding it a little more, okay? Um, but it says, uh, where in the Bible does it talk about how marriage is a partnership? Uh, not just a woman serves the husband or a husband is the head of the household. So where, what do you say or where, where do you know the Bible where it talks about more? So not just he's head of household, pay attention to him, or, uh, or like she serves him. Like where do you, how does that work together? Um, I personally would jump in and immediately look at if marriage is supposed to be a representation of Christ in the church, what does our relationship with Jesus look like? You know, Jesus is not all about ruling us and having the, the final say in the answer. He's about partnering with us and co-laboring us with Christ, right? And it also talks like in the Bible, it talks about um, Jesus says you will do greater things than I. And now I'm not saying that the wife is going to do greater things than her husband, but his desire was that she would excel and that she would do like, and that like us as the bride, as, as Jesus's bride would do even greater things than he would. And so, and so the husband is coming from a place of not like I'm, going to rule. I'm going to have the final say, but I'm partnering with her. And my desire is that she would do great things just as her desire is to serve and to honor and to, um, to partner with that. And so I think that the best, to me, the best thing, best example is looking at how Christ treated the church and how the church is supposed to treat Christ. And, and, it, and it says that all over that, that that's an example and that Jesus lays down his life for the bride and, and he, you know, a man is supposed to lay down his life for his wife. And so I think that looking at the co-laboring and the partnership of Jesus in the church for me is what shows that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just the whole, like, the co-laboring. Like, if, if every marriage is supposed to be a representation of Jesus in the church, um, again, like, yeah, he laid down his life. Like, how often did you see Jesus in the Bible power trip and be like, everyone bow to me? Like, he literally, from the place of total authority, got down on his knees and washed the yeah. dirtiest parts of his flawed followers' feet to demonstrate yeah. what leadership really looks like. He talks about all throughout, like, hey, leadership in your kingdom is, hey, you're the greatest, everyone serves me, but in my kingdom it's different. My leadership it's different. It's the greatest among you is the one that serves the most. Mm -hmm. I want to lead, I'm going to lead from service. Yeah. And also, I mean, they talk about how Jesus is the head of the body and the church is the body of Christ. So in a way, it's also, like, you're the same unit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we think leader, but it's also the head of the body. The body's the church, the body's the bride, the head is the bridegroom, but it's all one. It serves together, you know, yeah. it co-labors together. And you see that imagery all throughout, absolutely. So good. Yeah, I love that that picture. That was awesome. There's uh, the verse even where it says Jesus realizes that all authority. There's a verse where it says yeah. Jesus realizing all authority had been given to him. It says it takes off his cloth, gets down, and starts washing the feet. And so it's really this picture of a lot of times people have this weird thing where they think the head means that they're like they're in charge and what they say goes. But really, they're the ones who are meant to go the lowest, actually. Yeah. So it's it's almost an upside down kingdom, right, is, mm -hmm. is this idea of the head of the household is actually the greatest servant of the household. Yeah. So it, yes, it says the woman served the husband, but the husband's supposed to, like Jesus, lay everything down wash the feet of the bride, you know? And so it's not a power trip thing. I love how you said that. It's not this power trip thing. It's actually like, I'm going to lead the house in serving, you know? And I'm going to, I'm going to even lift up your calling, your future, your, all this, 
even before my own, I'm going to serve it, right? And so that's, like, such a great picture. I, I just want to interject there. real fast. And even if, like, if you're looking, maybe you don't have a good example of that in your life, I really want to encourage you to look around in some of the married couples in our church because I can give a lot of really great examples of watching, like, Pastor Daniel and Teresa and Pastor Daniel really serve her. And I've been on a missions trip with them. And, you know, like, I like one of Pastor Teresa's little things, and I don't is she loves to walk through the perfume aisle in between flights and, like, spray herself because she smells. And it's, like, kind of this silly thing where, like, we're on a mission, but Pastor Daniel's all about making sure she gets the time to do that because that's important to her. And, like, that's, that's it's a small thing, but I've seen that so many times. And I can even say examples of, like, Michaela and Dakota where I've seen him serve her so well or even Zach and Danielle in that process. Like, there's so many different things that I can give examples to where you've seen, like, um, you know, like Good Dan job, and guys. Debbie. And I, can, I could list so many different things things that if, if you're looking for that, look at the married couples in our church and look at what, how the husband serves the wife and how the wife honors them back and forth. And you'll see, you'll see it. You'll see what that is supposed to look like. So good. Awesome. So good. All right, here we go. So we'll try to get maybe quick, concise answers for these ones. Cause right. we only got three left. No, no, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. Um, let's see. This one's pretty, uh, straight to the point. Uh, like, all right. How do you know it's not a waste of time if God doesn't tell you early? So basically, if God doesn't tell you he's the one or she's the one, how do you know you're not just wasting your time by kind of dating for a long time? That's, and what great. Are, that's, a, that's a very direct answer yeah. or question, but it's good. Um, I think, do you have any red flags? If you have red flags and there's things that you're like, mm, this is sketchy, don't waste your time. But I think that like, um, are you like, is this person worth taking the time to figure out if, if, if you want to spend your life with them. Like in this moment right now, if it's, do you, are they worth it to you? Is it worth waiting to figure it out? Are you willing to take that risk? And if it is, do it. I also think that it, it requires faith at every part of this process. You know, here's the, here's the thing. If God doesn't, like this is such a cop-out, and I'm going to use it because I walked through this part of the portion. It's like if God tells you right away, like whoop-de-doo. Like you think that that's going to be amazing. You think that that's going to be so great. But it takes faith every day to believe what he said. Especially when there's nothing there, especially when you have to build it with them, especially when you have to wait for them to choose. And so I think as much as it's amazing when the Lord tells you that, I think no matter what, it takes a lot of faith. It takes the, the perseverance to want to like walk it out. Absolutely. I think so. Awesome. All right. Here we go. Um, you touched on this a little bit as well at the beginning, but maybe just your Reiterate, reiterate, thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, in your singleness, uh, how do you know when you are ready to date? It's, what, it's not as much engagement, but more of a dating question. Yeah. When did you guys know you were ready to date? Yeah, you just get a really good wingman to tell you that, no. <laughs> 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 no, I think, you know, I, I think for me, like, a big thing <laughs> was, like, knowing I was ready to date again was that I felt significantly healed from the last go around or from the singleness that lasted a long time. You know, I think that one of the best ways you can know you're ready to date is that you're in a healthy place. Because the, the less healthy of a state you are in personally, the more you're going to pull and take from the relationship. The healthier you are in a, going into a relationship, the more you can give. And that's where it flows. Again, going back to Yarn Lauren, like, you want to be whole people. You know, and like that's not to shame you if you're not. Like, it's a really great thing. We're here. We're community. We're gonna do it together. We're gonna figure out what that looks like. Um, but I want to just guarantee, like, you guys can be healed, whole people. That when they do come around, you're already you're ready. You know, or re as ready as you can be. 
Yeah. And also, like, for me, one of my biggest fears was that, like, Jesus is supposed to be number one. And my biggest, one of my biggest fears actually was that when I started dating somebody that it, that I wouldn't know how to make Jesus number one. And um, I had, like, conversations with some of the really important mentors in my life. Like, how does this, how do I do this? And I came to a place in my, my walk with God where I knew that it didn't really matter. Because I had, like, I was like, God, I'm going to give you my whole heart. I'm going to give you this everything. And if someone comes along, awesome. But if not, like, I'm still going to give it to you. And I'm still going to give my all. And knowing that, like, Jesus is going to be my priority. And honestly, like, the other part of, like, getting rid of that fear is when you're with somebody who loves the Lord and when you're like you don't have to worry about that because they're also putting God first praise God like he puts God first and I put God first and like and then we don't have to worry about being each other's first because that's too much pressure so like I think really like for me I I really walked through learning to put God first and that he was my priority and building that intimate relationship with him and then um you know, doing the typical, like, like the girl said, where's my husband, Lord? Like, just being like, all right, God, you know, I'm just going to trust you in this. And I'm going to, like, put you first. And when he comes along, like, let me know. That's good. I'll let you but show also, me where I also want to point out that he was along, but, like, didn't know for, you know, three years. Yeah. That's so good. Super good, guys. All right. Good. This is a, this is more of just a quick, fun one. And so we can go real quick on this. Um, is it important how you pop the question? Yes. The way you propose is that important, and you should tell us your story. Okay, if you tell if you tell the story, you can't go long because will, you will, will go long, dude. Okay, being brief is like what I'm great at. So, okay, all right. Yes, it's important. So, like seven years ago, there I was. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, honestly, like when I knew I wanted to pop the question, a, a big thing was uh, asking her dad's permission. Um, you know, I know it's an old-fashioned notion, but like. I wanted to do it. It turned out it was important to her, which was great. Um, and that was a really just great special meeting. Important to my dad. Um, he cried. With popping the question, like, I think for me, like, I, I kind of agonized about this because I wanted to be, like, so crazy intricate about everything. But I also didn't want to, like, overcomplicate it where, like, the theatricality of it eclipsed the actual just me and her, you know? Um, and so I kind of just got to a point where I found something really cool that I liked that I thought was special that could be good. Um, and then I wrote out this whole speech of what I wanted to say, and then I got down on one knee, and I looked at her, and she just looked at me, and we just kind of stayed there for a second, and then I was like, will you marry me? (laughs) And then she says yes, and we cried, and then we're holding each other, and she's just like, I thought you'd have a speech. I was like, I did, here it is. Well, okay, in his defense, though, the ring got stuck in his jacket pocket, and he couldn't get it out, and we, he proposed in front of the Love Lock statue in Vista, and so I was supposed to, I was, like, putting this lock on there, and while he gets the ring out and on one knee, so when I turn around, he was there, and I, like, we, we told this, past, this story to Pastor Daniel, and Pastor Daniel was like, I think the angel was helping Emily, or, like, delaying Emily because Dom got, couldn't get the bo- ring box out of his pocket. Those ring boxes and I are so big but the <laughs> rings are so small you don't want to lose them in your pocket. So it's like, what do you do? And I couldn't get the lock to lock so I knew he was on his knee behind me and I'm like, I gotta lock this so I can turn around. And he's like, I gotta get the ring box I'm out like before she turns I'm like flapping the around. jacket trying to get out of the pocket. <laughs> so yes, it is important how and um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you just it's going to be about you too. You know what I mean? As long as you don't eclipse, hey, it's you guys. And it's going to be special no matter what it is because it's you guys. Um, and that's the most, I mean, that's the most eye on the prize thing. It can be as flowery or as simple as whatever. But whatever it is, it's going to be your story. And it's going to be good because it's, it's you guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
Yeah. Whatever makes it you. We have a friend that actually proposed. He couldn't wait. And so uh, some of you might know Bobby Gagnon and Jessica. They're getting married in the summer. And Bobby got the ring and he couldn't wait. So he, she, he like ran to her house like late at night and said, let's go to our walk in the park. And they're like in sweats. And like he had like nothing planned because he was like, I just couldn't wait any longer. And she was like, is this how this is going to happen? But she looks back now and she's like, that was best because that was just us. It was in the moment, you know, so it's, yeah, whatever is your story. So good. All right, guys. Hey, let's stand up together. Yeah, give up a hand for them. That was so awesome, guys. If you have any more questions, um, or for those who are like, I need your impartation, pray for me, right? Uh, you can come up to here, talk to them afterwards, ask them questions and things like that, okay? But can you guys, real quick, uh, can you just pray for us uh, to kind of end the night? Sound good? All right, go for it. Awesome. So, dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for all these amazing men and women here, God. Whatever stage or season of life they're in, God, we hope that you just bless them through this. We pray that you got a, just a revelation of just God's love for all of you. I pray that the peace of the Lord is just with you guys, and we just bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.